Before we get into some of the issues that you face, tell the, our listening audience who Kim Davis is. I'm just a normal person uh, that, um, you know, I want to be an obedient and usable vessel of God. And uh, I try very hard to uh, seek out God's will in my life and uh, wake up every morning expecting Him to do something in my life. Every time I go to church, I expect a great move of God. Um I just have a very expectant spirit about what God can do in our lives as believers mm -hmm. and um, just know that, uh, you know, uh, I'm just a, a normal person and uh, that if God can use me, a woman like me, then he can use anybody. Well, he can You're use a woman person. like you and thank God for how you stood, Kim. Uh, there was a rocky road in your life and then there was somebody greatly influential in getting you on the right road. You want to tell us about your conversion? Oh, that was my mother-in-law. She was a beautiful, godly woman, just very meek and and uh, just a, a modest woman, you know, in, in every sense of the word, um, a praying woman, a prayer warrior, um, fasted for my husband and, I'm a, and, and myself and, and um, her other son and um, just, she was just a wonderful person and, and she got sick. Um, and passed away back in um, January of 2011. And um, I knew, you know, everyone knew that the way we could celebrate her life was to all go to church. And with no intent of, you know, anything, um, the Word of God just truly um, pricked my heart. And, uh, and, you know, it was there that night, the very same day that she passed, that... Um, I dedicated, uh, rededicated my life to, to Christ and, and for His will in my life. And I promised Him right then and there as I was, I was on my knees and had my face buried in a, in a pew that was my altar of repentance. And I told God, I said, Lord, I will love you with my whole heart, mind, body, and soul, with every ounce of strength and every ounce of might that I have in my physical body. Everything that I'm able to do will be yours. And, you know, and, and that's what I have to do. Because, um, you know, the Word of God wants us, it tells us to, to, to love the God with your whole heart, mind, body, and, and to, uh, but more so than anything, David, I just, I, I want to be a vessel of God. And God has truly blessed me and given me a desire to serve Him, to reach out, to um, not be afraid and not be ashamed to proclaim what it is I believe and who it is I believe in. You know, Jesus is the, <laughs> he is just the, the master of all things. I mean, you know, he is a giver of life. He is, he is a provider, a way maker, uh, a strong tower. He is my, my defender. He's been my lawyer, my confidant. He's been my counselor. He's been my healer through all of this. And so, you know, um, I have to put my trust fully in him in order for him to be able to, to, I say, work through me, but use me as a vessel. And, um, but for me, I just, um, the Lord just touched me that night, and I was, I just broke. I mean, I wept and cried and just, you know, it was, um, it was a wonderful thing. It, it, it was a wonderful thing, and you could tell that it changed your life. You saw this storm coming, but did you ever think that 
that the storm would zero in to Moorhead there? Oh no, not in a million years. <laughs> you know, I'm a um, just a, a very uh, you know a person that's um, not flashy or anything like that, and uh, and I, I don't like a lot of attention and stuff. Very private. And when all this came about, you know, I had um, been fasting actually for probably six months before the decision came down. And uh, I, uh, you know, I had been seeking God and seeking counsel from Him, and and uh, but I knew in my heart what I had to do. And for me, um, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, why didn't you just retire? Why didn't you know you had enough years? Why don't you just retire? Why don't you just step down?" And but if I had done that, I, I would have lost my voice. You know, I think God calls us. <clears throat> To, to be a witness, to be a light. You know, the Word of God says we're be salt and light. Yeah. If salt has lost its savor, what good is it? It's no good to be just but thrown underneath a man's foot and trod upon. So right. salt and light affect everything they come in contact with. And that's what we, as believers of children of God, are supposed to do. We're supposed to affect the surroundings that we're in. And, and so if I had stepped down or if I had retired... Um, I would have lost my voice. I, my light would well, have been... Well, only, not only your voice, Kim, but you would have lost the Christian voice. Because... Oh, most definitely. And, you know, I understand, David, this was so much larger than me. You know, I am, um, by no means, this was no reflection on me as a spiritual person or me as a Christian, but as, as Christians as a whole. Because when when I stood, when Casey and Kay and and, and Sheila, when we all stood, we stood for the same common goal: was for God's word to be upheld, for our um, you know for our convictions to be um, to be understood and and to be um, accepted, you know, as what they were, and you know the people. Uh, the media, especially, has you know was very um, not very nice, and and you know that's okay because you know truly I want everybody to know what what the world, what the secular population, what the opposition says and thinks about you. What they I've been called everything, you know, from A to Z, anything <laughs> that you can imagine, I've been called, but that does not make me those things. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, when did you see the warfare? When did you feel the warfare? Uh, it had to be way before it actually happened. Well, yeah, most definitely. You know, like I said, um, we had a committee that had joined together that had been appointed through the Clerks Association to, you know, just get together and kind of brainstorm on this situation of same-sex marriage that was going before the Supreme Court. And we, we that was formed at our first meeting in January, my first meeting as a clerk and um, so, you know, here I am, a green clerk. I've worked in the office for many years, but never was in the position that I was in. And we all knew that this was a um, going to be a trial for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. by fire, no doubt. And um, so we all agreed, you know, that we would fast a certain day every day, every week, you know, until this until this situation played out. And we were trusting God. You know, trusting God and believing, and um, we had all sorts of ideas, but none really impressed upon us. You know, I wrote letters 
to all the legislators and um, you know senators and representatives back in January January 23rd actually of 2015 and asked them because I have them on my email and I asked them to get some sort of legislation on the floor while they still had time to protect us clerks that had conscious you know objections to the same-sex marriage issue and I got one response from all of them and and it was pretty much yeah we agree but you know we're not going to do anything so, and then, so I knew how this was going to play out. Well, Kim, was it confusing uh, with the ruling of the Supreme Court? And then when Kentucky had passed an amendment, they amended our Constitution to protect what you were doing. Was that of great confusion to you? Well, it was confusion to a lot of people, but it wasn't so much confusion to me because I knew what our laws state. My job is mandated by the statutes that our law, you know, that our state has enforced. And our laws had not changed. It is, It was still against the law. A clerk could actually be removed from office, fined, and all that kind of stuff for issuing a license, a marriage license, to a same-sex couple. And uh, just the same as entering one for, uh, like, first cousins, someone that's mentally incompetent. You know, there are various reasons why we can't issue marriage license to certain individuals and being of the same sex was one of those and so as far as i was concerned i was upholding our kentucky state constitution yes you are because our laws had not been changed we had a mandate from governor Bashir at the time that told us that we had to um honor out-of-state um marriages with same-sex couples and that we were to start issuing marriage licenses to same-sex to same-sex couples, and but that wasn't what our law stated. And so, um, you know, I just I knew in my mind and in my heart and in my soul what I had to do. You know, Amen. it's so easy, David, for people to um, say, "Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God, and, and you know, I want to make heaven my home," but when the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. you know that you can talk the talk you play the music the bow down. and that's where I found myself was I going to profess and give lip service to God or was I going to put my faith in action you well, know, when, let, let me interject there what did your husband think about your rule you know what you were going to do as you were put in the corner and you had to make a decision what about your husband and your family well, my husband knows my love for the Lord, and he, he honors me in that. He, he goes to church, and he loves the Lord and lives for him the best of his ability, just like we all do. And so I told him, you know, that you know, this is something that I felt I had to do. Me leaving office was never an option, you know. And um, so he was very, very supportive, and still is to this very day. My children, they knew what I was going to do because they know where my heart is. And, you know, my son works here for me. He actually uh, quit a job and took a pay cut to come work for me. And, um, you know, he was like a rock for me here. Um, I, I cannot um, give enough credit uh, to him that, uh, you know, that he deserves for, for everything that he did for me. And, uh, you know, he just stood in the gap. He's a prayer warrior. And... Um, you know, so well, I, let, let me interject something. It had to be hard on him to watch the way that you were being mocked and ridiculed for just defending. 
Kentucky Constitution, he too was a trooper, I have to say that. Oh, yes, and, and it was hard for him. And, you know, there's times that I know, David, that he went home after all the the chaos that was here, you know, uh, from not chaos in our hearts, but chaos from the outside, um, that he went home and he just collapsed. And his wife may would ask him how his day was. He said, I don't want to talk about it. He, he said, this home, our home is my safe place. This is my haven, and, and we're not going to talk about anything that happened today or anything, you know, that's going on. He said, this, this is my safe place. And he said, you know, and, and that's how I was, too, you know. Listen, I, I'm not a warrior. Um, I just, uh, I came to work every day, um, saying praises to the Lord. I had people come in. I'd pray for them, you know. Amen. It was business as usual, except there was this distraction. So when people say, oh, well, I saw this on, you know, Facebook. I saw you have a Facebook page. Well, that's not me because I don't do social media and because yeah. it is so distracting See, for me, you know, and I had to stay very focused. So. But for Nathan, reputation. She's let me tell you, he handled probably more calls in the short time that this, from June till probably December, till died down after the after the governor did his um, executive order. I mean, phone calls, it was unreal, and he vetted every single phone call that came through this office. Well, Kim, when you decided to stand upon your conviction. There's a difference between conviction and preference. Mm -hmm. And your conviction he didn't says, roll I, he did. I, I'm not yeah. going to bow. Did. Uh, yeah, uh, where did Liberty Council come in? And, and before you answer that, did you think about the cost of yeah, lawsuits and stuff there. like that? Yeah, I know. Well, of course, I, I contemplated in my mind and I weighed out things. But you know, I, I, I trust the Lord, David. And, and I told him, I said, Lord, everything I have is yours. You know, and and what I have, you gave me. So I'm going to trust everything to you. And you know, if um, just like with Job, you know, Job lost everything. So I figured, and, and God replaced it many times over. So you know, I have to know that through the Word of God, God is faithful, and and God is true. And so when. Um, when the thought of, and I mean, it's still very ongoing. I still desire prayers in, in regard to this because I have the ACLU suing me for attorney's fees over $233,000. Then I have two other couples that are suing me for um, pain and suffering, punitive damages, and attorney's fees. I don't know how much those are. But, you know, I, I just, I give it all to God, and I never pick it back up because if I worry about it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause me stress and cause me to separate myself from the Lord and to draw back. So I just give it to him and I don't think about it. But Liberty Council, let me tell you, has been wonderful. They, oh, what a work for God. What a ministry they have. You look at them and you think that they are simply just a legal team. But that is a legal team of believers. And, and they are in there fighting tooth and toenail. For every, um, for everything that God has set out for us, for our freedoms, for uh, life, living. Well, I didn't. I don't know if you uh, knew that Matt was from Kentucky, Matt Staver, and you had you had other uh, uh, representatives there too, lawyers. But I want to move on to uh, 
uh, I was in the district court that day that the judge sentenced you, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> it was it, it blowed my mind your reaction when it took him two hours uh, to have the courage to do it. Oh uh, yeah, I knew he was going to do it from the very beginning. <laughs> and so when he ordered the uh, marshal to come over there and to arrest yeah, he's got you, an I want you to tell us your feelings here just a moment. But one thing that humbled me by your response, very graciously you stood up and you told the judge, thank you, Your Honor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that blowed my mind. I, I just thought, man, what kind of woman is this? <laughs> mm. Amen. She's going to cry about yeah. when, um, <laughs> when I knew what was going to happen that day because the day before that night when I came in from work, God had revealed a few things to me along the way, and one of them is that I would be incarcerated. I knew that. I knew that from, from the very beginning. And, um, but I had to press on because it wasn't my will, but His that had to be fulfilled. Wow. So that night I came home from work, and I told my husband, I, he was making coffee, and I went into the kitchen, and I said, babe, I need to talk to you about something. I said, I need to know that we're on the same page. I said, because I'm probably going to go to jail tomorrow. And he looked down at me and he said, I'm behind you 110%. Hey, man. Hey, man. I never wore. I slept like a baby that night. That's what a husband for. So that day as I was sitting there and I watched Judge Bunning walk in with a yellow tablet that was like it, the pages had been flipped and he had it all folded down. And as he was going through his steps that day, he was just flipping those pages and just reading what he had already written. Um, I knew what was going to happen because he had had my deputies come there and and they weren't under subpoena or anything. They came of their own free will. And he had attorneys there for them. And I knew what he was going to do. He was going to use me as an example to force them to do what he wanted. And he made a statement up there that he didn't, he simply wanted his order fulfilled. He wanted his order followed. And he didn't care how it was done, but he wanted it followed. So, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but um, so when he read that, I looked over there at those federal marshals, and I knew what was going to happen. I, I knew. And so when he told me, when he said, you know, Kim Davis, you're remanded into federal custody, I kind of, I took a deep breath and blew it all out, kind of real slow, closed my eyes, and was just saying, Jesus. Jesus. Oh and that's when I stood up because they were walking to me. Or I may have already been standing. I don't know. Can't remember. And um, and that's when I told him, I said, Judge Bunning, thank you. Because I knew, David, that God's will had been fulfilled. It had to happen. So when I walked out, I raised my hands up. And those deputies were in front of me and behind me. And I started praising God. Got into the cell there where they locked me up and clanged that door behind me and locked it shut. And uh, they looked at me and they said, Miss Davis, for what it's worth, they said, we believe like you believe. I hit my knees and I buried my face on that cold steel bench in that, in that jail cell and I started praying for my deputies. Amen. I made prayer protection over them, that God would keep his hand on them and that they would um, be safe and not have to. I said, God, I said, it's their conscience that they have to defend right now, not mine. Because I'm, you know, 
I, I told them, I said, guys, I said, I will not lead you like a sheep to slaughter. I said, this is my conscience, and this is what I have to do as the clerk. But I said, you know, you all have to stand on your own. And uh, But he used me, putting me in jail as a, as a, as a tool of, of coercion, so to speak, for my deputies to make sure that his order got fulfilled. Well, and, you putting it in God's hands, that's an awesome statement. And, uh, 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 but anyway, uh, when, when you were in the jail cell there, um, were you isolated? Were you, uh, nobody's able to visit you? What happened after that? Well, I will tell you this. I think this whole thing was ordained of God. I was picked up by a minister, a preacher man. He uh, covered my shackles that were on my wrist with a shirt and of course, my skirt covered the ones on my legs pretty much. Put me in the in the vehicle and said, "Miss Davis," he said, "We're going to take good care of you." He said, "Don't don't you worry." Well, how did that feel? And of course, uh, I had a good friend, Herschel Walker. He, you know, we were talking about you when all this was going on. And you know, Kim, you're in the same category as Paul and Silas who were in jail. <laughs> I can't imagine the shackles on your ankles and and your feet. Uh, continue that story for us. Well, so he he helped me up into the into the van and, and locked the door and shut it and everything. And so here I was sitting on this bench with my knees almost butted up against the, the padded thing in front of me. And I was just, I was sitting there and I was watching out the back window, you know, um, the, the vehicles that we were passing and, and the landscape and stuff. So when we got, I didn't really know. I didn't, I had no idea where I was going. So... When we get to the jail, he pulls in, and when he opens the door, there's two ladies there waiting. I mean, they're crying. Mm. And he says, here, let me take these off of you. And he took the, the ankle shackles off, and I stepped down, and uh, they took the, the handcuffs off, and we walked in there. And uh, they're crying. Just They're booking me in, and they're crying, you know, and, um, you know, my mug shot. Ooh, what a, I never thought in a million years I'd have a mugshot. <laughs> but um, but it was just really, they put me in an isolation cell because I was a, a federal detainee. And um, so I was in a cell by myself. They made, they got me a Bible, paper. They um, made sure that um, I had everything that I needed and, and then some. And truly, I can tell you this, I was treated with the utmost respect and um, and I had some of the most peaceful rest that I've had in a long time. You know, God's timing is so impeccable, so perfect. He knew exactly when I needed rest. And that's what I got there. I slept good. Um, they fed me good. I had plenty of time to walk and pray in that cell. They probably thought I was crazy because I sang to the tops of my lungs and, and just praising God and giving Him glory for everything that He was to me. And I was praying for those people in that jail and, and praying for God to move and open up their hearts and, and, and their eyes and, and to let them receive His Word and, and His love. And they got word back to me. There's some cells in there that house um, pretty hardened criminals that are there for 10 years or more. And they got word to one of the ladies up front that runs the desk. They said, you let Miss Davis know we're praying for her. Amen. We're praying for them. They're praying for me. Yeah. And, you know, it was just a, 
I really can't say anything bad about it, just to be honest. Well, that's an awesome testimony. Uh, when did the governor visit you, and what kind of oh, feeling did you have in your heart when you showed up? Well, the governor came the same day that... Well, I should say the governor candidate. <laughs> yes, the governor candidate. Um, Mr. Bevan came the same day that um, Governor Huckabee was there, and Ted Cruz, yeah. and Tony Perkins, and the Benham Brothers. He knew him better They were all there that same day, and I think it was supposed to have been a rally day, but that's actually the day that um, Judge Bunning signed a release order for me to get out. And so I was getting ready for a visitation because, you know, Governor Huffy was going to come see me. And I thought, well, why in the world do you want to come see me? I mean, you know, I, I'm just a, a clerk locked up in jail. <laughs> but uh, he is so nice. He's like talking to my dad. But anyway, so I was getting ready for a visit. And um, the jailer comes in. He says, Miss Davis. I said, yes, sir. And he said, we have an order to release you. Well, I just hooped and hollered and gave Jesus the praise. <laughs> and then I said, uh, can, can I, I said, are there any conditions? And he said, well, he said, here's this order. And so it shows me this order, and it says you're hereby released of federal custody under the condition that you do not interfere with your deputies issuing license. And I said, I gave it back to him. I said, here. I said, I'll just stay. <laughs> Got some salt. I do that. He said, I have an order. He said, I don't have any authority to hold you anymore. And uh, so I thank the Lord because he knows what he's doing always. Yeah. And then I went out, and I didn't know all that stuff was going on out there. You know, I had no clue. I knew that one day I went out and walked in the little outside enclosure that they have. Now, that, was in, that was in Grayson. Grayson, yes. And uh, I went out there and walked one day just on the edge because there was helicopters oh, flying over. Like that, and, and I knew that media was probably camped out there. They but were. I didn't know to what extent. Yeah, they were. And, and, uh, they could get them. Yeah, but, boy. But yeah, they I mean, were. We heard her say this. That was the experience. I remember um, seeing it on TV. Yeah. You know, the word of God says to count it all a joy. Yep. And um, truly... I am a very blessed woman. Um, you know, I, I think God's been better to me than anybody. And uh, well, I just, well, Kim, let me just interject here. The ACLU was after your home. Yep. They were after you personally. Listen up, America. Were you in danger of losing your retirement and all of that as well? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I still am, probably. Still am. Um, but you know what? I have... Um, I have trusted in God through all of this, and I will continue to trust in God because, for one, He is where my strength comes from. My hope is in Him. You know, I uh, I rely on Him to get me through every day, and um, so I just I have to think of it that way, David. I have to I just have to totally surrender everything to him and that means this legal battle everything that you know goes on in my life it's a spiritual battle you know well, um, well Kim I've, I've not heard of a person that loses the case yeah. like the ACLU and like these uh, couples and then they're expecting you to foot the bill isn't that bizarre well it is kind of bizarre but the whole thing has been bizarre too so 
you just have to take that in, you know, take that with a, just a, I'd say a grain of salt, but probably a big chunk of salt. Um, <laughs> you know, it's God to, to work through all this. I have prayed for Judge Bunning, fasted for Judge Bunning, mm-hmm. to to let his will be wrought through him. And, you know, I've prayed for the ACLU and the women that work there, for the people that are, you know, have, have sued me. And, you know, I have no ill will or animosity toward them at all. They are souls I love. And, and I want them to, um, you know, experience, um, you know, the same things mm-hmm. I do, the, the love of God and, and the peace and the joy. Um, so, you know, I pray for them continually. Um well, well, Kim, let me ask you this. You're still under threat. So what is the situation now, and what can people still do, and where is Liberty Council with you on this? Oh, Liberty Council's right by my side. No, no, they are um, working feverishly, continuing to, you know, pursue these, um, these cases. Right now, everything is pretty much in the hands of case is... Um, in the Sixth Circuit Appeal Courts, and I think they're pretty much waiting uh, to make some sort of ruling before Judge Bunning makes a ruling on the two that are in, in his um, in his court. But the, the funny thing about this all, David, is the Sixth Circuit dismissed my cases without awarding any, and that was right in their wording of their dismissal order, and then Judge all cases. Um, so I really feel that, you know, I, I, I just, I have to trust God that there be no monies awarded, and if there is, that God will provide a way, you know. I'm accepting His will in, in, in whatever happens. Well, how are you Trinity now when, uh, as you do your job, uh, how, how are they treating you? For the... For the majority, everything is is wonderful. I still have friends from out of state stopping in. They want a picture taken with me, or they want to touch my hand, or I still get mail. Um, you know, just encouraging me. Um, not very often do you have any naysayers come in. Most of those were from out of on. Um, but you know, I treat everybody that comes in here. With, um, I, I give them my very best. Every time I wait on somebody, somebody comes in. You know, I have people come into my office um, that come here specifically to talk to me for a need in their life. Wow. And, and, and they'll say, to pray for me. I want you to, you know, remember me in prayer. I say, well, come in, sit down, let's pray right now. You know, know that I'm not just going to tell them I'm going to pray for them and let them walk out. I want them prayers and know that they have somebody that they have a friend, odd, that if you have a need, that you can call me or you can come to me, and we'll pray right now. And and that I did that this morning, matter of fact, it's already. Wow. And you're I'm, doing it right now on radio. <laughs> There's a lot of folks, I'd like for this woman to pray for me, but uh, Kim, our time's come and gone, and I don't want to give up this conversation. Uh, I'd like to talk to you again. Uh, now, you travel the, uh, you travel, States, you've been awarded different things. Uh, how, how did the thing uh, the Pope? Oh, that was uh, you know that was something, and I thought I thought I was like on candid camera or something because it was all so very um, 
um, it was secretive, very secretive. And um, my lawyer, Terry Meehat, came to me and he said, Kim, he said, uh, there's someone that wants to, we can have a meeting that's very private. I said, well, you come here to my office. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, you'd be somewhere. And so I, I said, well, we can go down to the city park. And so at the time, I to work because that was in the heat of everything. So my husband was picking me up and he said, yeah, he said, yeah. We went down to the to the city park, and there was two men sitting there, and I had never seen them before, and I don't think Harry knew them either, um, but they said that there was um, someone that wanted to talk to me, and so the one got his phone out, and he called, and so on the other line was someone with heavy Italian accent, and he tells me that um, Pope had heard that I had been in jail, and that he was going to make arrangements for someone to come see me. I don't know if he was going to come himself or if he was going to have one of his people come. Um, but that I got released, and he wanted to know I would be interested in coming and having a meeting with him. And he said, you understand, this has private. He said, you cannot say anything to anybody, and because if you do, it And I said, oh, okay, you know, I'll, and I'm still kind of, that Pope wants to see me, you know. And um, so it all worked out that um, the Pope was down in um, in D.C. the same time that the day was going on. And so I had planned on going to the day because that was the time that um, Tony Perkins was going to give me the Discipleship Award. And so I was scheduled to be there anyway. Perfect. So I got to meet the Pope on my father's birthday, the 24th of September. And I, I remember so well going there and just being in awe um, of the building and, and, and just um, the decor and everything. And, and then I asked the mom senior, I said, what is the proper etiquette, you know, to open? I said, I'm a hugger, so you know, I, want to, I probably want to hug him. And he said, oh, fine. So we're standing there, and the Pope comes in with all these, cameras flashing and stuff and he's got his entourage around him you know and so he puts out his hands well I grabbed one of his hands and I hugged and he of course he hugged me back and um, but I mean it was just a real kind of a thing I almost had to ask my husband to pinch me you know make sure I was <laughs> that it wasn't uh, some kind of story or something story I, tale but I tell you Kim that standing accomplishment went worldwide and um, and it's still people are t about what happened to you and uh, you know, I want to I want to just say this to you personally by radio and telephone. I was there. Casey Davis of, of Liberty, Kentucky. He rode that bicycle. He, yeah. he doubled. I was following him, and uh, you know, I'll, as well. But he yeah. was so burdened for you, and uh, and so I'd been there at your times. But I, I wanted to say this to you. I have never seen. Any, my lifetime, I'm I'm 64 years of age. I've not seen a Christian that uh, responded the way you did when they said harsh things to you. You didn't react, and uh, I just want to thank you for that. That that strengthened me that day when I saw. Uh, you know, it, it reminded me in Isaiah where it says that He openeth not His mouth in reference to our Lord. And he didn't, he didn't react to his accusers, and neither did you. And my last question for you, the clerks of Kentucky, 
Uh, how has their response been as you've helped them find relief? Well, I don't think you <laughs> consensus is they probably wouldn't think I've helped them find any relief. Uh, Casey and Kay and and um, Sheila have found relief, but um, the others, of course, they were they were still issuing the license and everything. But um, I have, uh, I'll tell you, when I went down to a meeting in February of um, I stood in, in, in a plea of trying to get people to, um, they wanted to do two licenses. I told them that was wrong. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. You know, I just, tr I tried to, um, what needed to be done to make this good for everybody. And, um, I wasn't received very well. And, um, decided that I would um, separate myself from that clerk's associate. And, um, you know, as I was driving back home, the words that the Lord spoke, Abram, separate yourself. Uh. And, 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 and I, just, I, had, I had to do that. And um, so, you know, we'll get all the updates and everything, but I'm not an active member of that association. And, you know, maybe things will change. You know, I, just, I don't know, but it was... Um, I think there was a lot of people, you know, I went to one meeting and one of the clerks said that clerks doing what they want, not following the law, and they were embarrassed, and uh, I had taken just about all I could, and the Holy Ghost was just about to burst out of me, and I, I went up front, and I was very emotional, and I told him, I said, look, I said, if I've embarrassed you, I'm sorry, but one thing I will not apologize for is the Word of God. Amen. Outstanding, Kim. Uh, well, is there a, a year and an address? I think folks will probably I'll include that. Uh, we're extended. Uh, I'm going to pray. And uh, we missed Dr. Stanley today. I'll report that. But uh, that's a tremendous testimony of Kim. All right, we'll stop that recording right there. I just want everybody to understand there are some people out there that really do believe the Bible. They do their best to live righteous, godly, and soberly. Kim Davis was put in the lion's den politically. and She never wavered. She didn't even have any alt against anybody that came against her. She tried to show love of God. She tried to show that uh, she wanted to do that, which is right. You know, I, I would to God somehow we could figure out how to do what's right again. Uh, we've bent this and bent that and bowed down to this and bowed down to that. It's good to know that there's a few people out there, kind of like Meshach, Shabak, and Abednego, that wouldn't bend, wouldn't bow, and wouldn't burn. And I don't want everybody to hear that testimony of Kim Davis. May not have done you no good. I just felt inclined to the Lord to play it tonight. And it done me some good. It encouraged me, uh, strengthened me. Uh, to see where she just cast it all over on the Lord. She gave it all to God. She said, if I lose everything, as long as I got you, I've got everything I need. But uh, maybe you're going through some kind of situation tonight. Maybe in your workplace or trying to force you to do something that you know you don't need to do. You know, we've all been there, that predicament. Yep. Those situations uh, get set up. I remember going in the foreman's office one time. And the foreman, he's trying to talk old spiritual and everything. Another guy walked in. He tried, looked like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He, he talked about, you know, whoring around. I hate to put those terms, but I'll just tell you, he talked about whoring around and going out and getting drunk. And I'm sitting there thinking, 
Is this the same guy I was just talking to, talking to me about the Lord and the Bible? That's kind of the way it is in the workplace. They'll stab you in the back. They'll say all manner of evil about you. Just remember, Kim never lost sight of God through this whole ordeal. I'm so proud of her. And we're going to be praying for her. And you keep praying for her. This is not over with. They're trying to take everything she's got. You know, we're supposed to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. She's not getting no justice. She don't have no liberty. They locked her up. I'm telling you, with a sad day we've come down to here in America, yeah. it's just only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. I mentioned they were moving the statue of, of George Washington because they had slaves. Got slaves today. They got a, a child uh, trafficking. Got, uh, you know, uh, little children being sold to pedophiles. That's what this open border is all about. They bring them through and they've got a little collar on their little wrist and it tells them who to take them to. They done bought and paid for them. Sad day. No problem with that kind of slavery. No, no it's all right. Oh, but we got to do something about that. It happened back when nobody even knows nothing about it. We was all slaves back then. And I wouldn't back that far back. But back then, you had to survive. Whatever you had to do, you had to do to survive. Thank God for people that had money. They would hire you until you go out working in their field and they'd pay you. Some of them liked it, didn't want to leave, and uh, they end up, you know, being owners of them people. But uh, our country is falling by the wayside, and I mean falling by the wayside. The churches of America are falling by the wayside. And, uh, you know, maybe your morals have been compromised. Maybe, you know, you know I'm. I, I didn't teach tonight, but I have to admit I'm pawing at the gate right now. But uh, anyway, uh, maybe it's in your mind tonight. What's wrong? I'll tell you exactly what's wrong. We need to return to our God. You say you own our money and God we trust? Let's do that. Right. Let's cast it all on Him. Right. Let's put it in His hands and let the chips fall where they fall. I mean, I'm, I'm sick and tired of these people. Uh, fear tactics, you know, trying to shut the churches down. Yeah. Uh, trying to make you do this, make you do that. Ain't it something we've got to buy our gasoline at triple money when we've got gas right here underneath our feet? Yeah. Free. we got oil right here. But you know, this oil, something wrong with this oil, but we can buy it from Saudi Arabia. Or we can buy it from Russia. We can buy it from Ukraine, but we, we, can't, we can't drill for it here. I'm just telling you. Uh, things are out of kilter. And the reason they're out of kilter is because our government is so corrupt, so greedy, we're paying the price for it. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear Kim's testimony. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us, Lord, to learn from her. She done well through this test. She excelled in this test, and they weren't able to handle her, Lord. One woman withstood, Lord, all of those corrupt uh, politicians, all the corrupt uh, you know, judges and, and lawyers withstood all of the accusers, all of those, Lord, that didn't even, didn't even get married, come from somewhere else to Kentucky to apply for a marriage license, and didn't even get married, yet they persecuted Kim. And Lord, they awarded them $100,000. It ought not be so, Lord. Help us, I pray, Lord. You're the only one that can deliver, and I pray you will deliver us. I pray you will help us. Lord, we've got a lot of people sick. We pray for them, God, tonight. And bless your name. Bless your word. Bless your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
What do you think about that testimony, Teresa?